Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Oh, well, I'll press on. (laughs) Like I said earlier, the Lord loves us. The Lord sent his son to die for us. The Lord is there for us daily through thick or thin. And a lot of times we are conscious of the fact that God does so much. But we, if we're going to be mature in the Lord... We need to understand that he has, once we're saved, expectations of us. And things will never be as they should be and as they ought to be with you and the Lord if we don't understand what our role is and embrace it, and embrace it enthusiastically. Some of the things he asks us to do are quite challenging, But even then, he is there with us to help us and provides means to get us through. The title of the message this morning is Leave Your Nets. When Jesus started his ministry, one of the first things he did was to assemble the 12 apostles. And one of the things he asked the fishermen to do, some of his apostles were fishermen, particularly Peter and Andrew, he asked of them, leave your nets. And then he asked them to commit to something. Let's read it. Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse number 18. Now this is Jesus at the beginning stages of his earthly ministry. He is going to assemble his team. That's what he's doing now. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And to their credit, verse 20 says, And they straightway, without hesitation, left their nets and followed him. Let's pray. Dear Lord, May we this morning understand what you expect of us as born-again Christians. And may when we leave here it not be ambiguous, Lord. May we understand it clearly and may we be motivated to embrace this, Lord. And do our very best to live it day to day and through this next week and into the foreseeable future. And again, Lord, for those that are here this morning that have burdens and heartaches and pain, maybe grieving, I I pray for them too, Lord, that even through this message, Lord, you'd speak to their hearts. Commit us now to obedience today in that we should also be fishers of men. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let me share this story with you. I'm going to read it because you've got to get the details right. And you need to listen carefully to this story. Two hunters were out hunting and come upon what appeared at first as an abandoned farm. The barn was sagging. The house was in disrepair. 
And there were junk cars and car parts lying all around. The only thing that made it a working farm were a few chickens pecking away and a goat wandering around. As these two hunters entered the yard, they came across an old well. One asked the other, wonder how deep it is. The other said, we'll have to drop something down and listen for the splash. They look around for something to drop down the well, but the only thing close by was an old transmission. Well, they hauled it over to the well and dropped it in. They counted and waited a long time for the splash. It was a very deep well. Well, they turned to leave and saw the goat was charging at them, head down, horns headed straight for them. And at the last moment, they jumped aside and the goat went right past them and straight over the side and down into the well. They looked at each other in amazement. As they started to leave, the owner of the farm came up. They chatted for a moment and got permission to hunt on his land. The farmer asked, have you seen my goat? They said, your goat almost killed us charging at us. You should have had that goat tied up. The farmer thought, said, I thought I had him tied up to an old transmission that was laying around here. <laughs> the, the moral of the story is, you follow what you're tied to. You follow what you're tied to. And that's really the point we're trying to make today. Our theme for this year is, follow me. That's not referring to me, but of course that's referring to Jesus. And I told you how I came up with this theme. I was listening to a message by Oz Guinness. And Oz Guinness, at the beginning of his, he, he does more lectures at universities. He's a Christian, but he does like lectures at universities. And he started his lecture by saying, I've been following Jesus, I think he said for 60 years, which means he's been born again and following Jesus for 60 years. And I thought, I don't hear people say that. I hear people say that I'm saved. I hear people say that I'm born again. But seldom, if ever, do I ever hear people say that I'm following Jesus. And I thought, you know, that's something we need to pay attention to. And I looked it up in Scripture, and I found out that Jesus was always saying, follow me. Now, to say you're born again is rather passive. But to say you're following Jesus, that is active. It requires something of you. And Jesus was going to require something of these two men, Peter and his brother Andrew, and he requires the same thing of you and I today. Today, in this passage, the Lord says, follow me. Don't be passive. Just don't, have, don't just wear a label and say, I'm a Christian. But he says to those two men, he says, follow me. And then he says something very profound. And I will make you fishers of men. To be a fisher of men, if you don't know, simply means that is someone who shares the gospel with someone. The good news of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The good news that if you die in your sins, you will go to hell, but Jesus loved you. He died for you, and if you will simply accept him as your Savior, put all of your faith and trust in him, 
no faith or trust in what you do or anybody else does for you, but if you put all of your faith and trust in him, you can be saved. But to be fishers of men means you tell people that story. And, and, and with the, the hope and the prayer that they will accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. So when you share the gospel with someone and they get saved, you have become a fisher of men. And that's what this passage emphasizes. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Now I want us to look at this passage this morning and see what it says, what it means, and how this applies to you. In this passage... Peter and Andrew, they they left their nets and basically tied themselves to Jesus. Now think about that. These are hardworking, dedicated men, knew what they were doing. They were were fishermen. And the Lord says, follow me. And he says, and straightway they did. You know, when I suggest that we follow Jesus, some of you in here might be a little bit hesitant. Well, I want to be born again, but I don't know if I want to be that committed. You know, I got my life to live, and I got plans, I got dreams, and I got ideas, and I don't want to miss out on anything. Would you think that Peter and Andrew and the other apostles that followed him missed out on anything? They saw people healed. They saw miracles. They were there for the loaves and the fishes. They saw Lazarus brought back to life. They ate with Jesus, sat around campfires with Jesus. They ended up being used by him to change the world. It's always, folks, in our best interest to follow him. In that same passage in in Matthew chapter 4, verse number 20, I, I want you to see what happens here. It says, and they straightway left their nets and followed him. Now, again, I'm stressing the fact that a lot of people don't want to follow Jesus for whatever reason. But I want to encourage you this morning to realize, though, that following Jesus is the best life you can possibly live. Think about what it meant to these guys. Did did life get boring for these guys? Did it become just a bunch of rules and regulations and woe is me and sackcloth and ashes? Because that's what a lot of people think. Well, if I become a Christian, there's all these do's and there's all these don'ts. And yeah, there are some do's and yeah, there are some don'ts. But it's all for your best interest and for the cause of Christ. So think about these men. When they left, when they left those nets and said, you're talking to us? You want us to follow you? And imagine they looked at each other, shrugged shoulders, put the nets down, let's go. So they lived an awful life, didn't they? Terribly boring life. No. Verse 21, and going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Oh, so more people just being led astray, boring life. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and they were there sitting at the feet of Jesus. God in the flesh, the creator of time, the creator of, of everything, their creator, they, have the, they are sitting at his feet as he teaches in the synagogues. They heard his teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. To think that they were there hearing him preach and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. I 
Can you imagine the first time they saw a blind person see or a lame person walk? I mean, they had front row center seats for this because they followed Jesus. Doesn't sound like some boring life of just all rules and regulations. Verse number 24, and his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments and those which were possessed of devils and those which were lunatic and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. He healed them of their physical illnesses, their mental illnesses, those that were demon-possessed. Folks, it is not a life of torture and pain and agony to follow Jesus. Verse number 25. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee. I can see Peter and Andrew. Look at this. Look at all these people. This is amazing. And, and I imagine, they say, boy, I wish we were back on our boat fishing. <laughs> you know. And they followed him, great multitudes of people from Galilee and from Decapolis and from Jerusalem and from Judea and from beyond Jordan. I bring this up because there's sadly many Christians who don't want to follow Jesus. I want to challenge you this morning to leave your nets, to tie yourself to him. To follow him. Following Jesus, I I shared this with someone the other day, is the most exciting, the most meaningful, the most challenging, the most rewarding, the most purposeful thing a human being can do. And I'm not suggesting that everybody in this room has to be a preacher or a preacher's wife or an evangelist or the wife of an evangelist. No, you have your jobs, you have your vocation, and you you may enjoy them. I hope you do enjoy them, and you should be committed to those vocations you have, or if you're in a retirement mode, you know, enjoying your retirement. But we also have the calling to follow him and be fishers of men. And don't let anything or any idea cause you not to follow Christ, desiring to be a fisher of men. Don't let anything stop you. I like this quote. The work of life-saving and the work of evangelism is nonetheless the purest and the truest and the noblest and the most essential work the church, us, will ever do. The church isn't somebody else. I mean, if you're, if you're saved, born again, member of my old Baptist church, talking to you. The work of evangelism, the work of fishing men, as it were, out of the sea of sin, the work of rescuing people from the breakers of hell is the greatest work the church will ever do. In this passage, Jesus says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. From that same passage, I want you to see three simple truths this morning that I hope will both inform you if you're not informed on this subject. And number two, I hope it will inspire you to act. And you will go out of here today different than when you came in. The three things I want us to see this morning are very simple thoughts. Number one, the priority of Jesus was fishing for men. I want you to see that. That was his top priority. 
Number two, I want you to see this morning that Jesus wants you and I to have that same priority. Doesn't mean we don't have families, love and care and enjoy our families, that we have our vocations and we work hard at that. Doesn't mean you ignore all those things, but within all of those things, that you have the priority as Jesus to be a fisher of men. And then thirdly, I want you to see that Jesus will make you a fisher of men. You know, when I, when I came up here to, to northern Michigan, you know, I, I didn't know how to fish up here. And, and I've had to learn from different people how to fish. The fishing up, up north here is different from the bayous and the muddy bayous uh, of south Louisiana. So it is something that you have to learn. So when I challenge you from God's word today that you need to be a fisher of men, you may wonder, well, how do I do that? Hey, got you covered this morning. Let's look at these. Won't take us long this morning. Number one, the priority of Jesus was fishing for men. Say, how do you know that? Because it's clearly stated in God's word. For example, in Matthew chapter 1, verse number 21, before Jesus was born, And she, Mary, shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That is the reason that he came, to save people from their sins. Another way of putting that, he came to be a fisher of men. He's after men's souls. He's fishing for men's souls. In Luke chapter 19, verse number 10, The Lord said, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. He says it very succinctly. You know, there's something said in Scripture that are kind of hard to understand, and people can have different ideas about what it means. That's not the case with this verse. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Another way of putting it is he came to be a fisher of men. It's his number one priority. That's why he came. That was his mission. The very Son of God, he who saved our souls, came for that reason. And not our souls only, but for all who will believe. And John 3.16, a very familiar passage of Scripture to most people. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He had a singular mission. Come to this earth, endure what he endured, go through what he went through, that people might be saved. He came to be a fisher of men. Does that matter to you? Is that important to you? Does that mean anything to you this morning? That that was his number one priority. He came to fish for men. Now we need to think about that for a second. Is that your priority? I read a statistic in preparation for this message that says something like 90% of born-again Christians have never fished for men, never led a soul to Christ, 90%. I would say the church is missing it. Believers are missing it. I've only got one shot at this life. 
And, and it's, it's, it's passing by fast. It's, it's passing by way too. I got to tell you this. Sharon and I were outside the other day, and she was sitting in the swing, and I was raking leaves. Typical. But, <laughs> oh, no, she, she does more than her share. But it just so happened that was the situation the other, the other afternoon. And, and I, I was down out in front of her, and, and I'm horsing around. I'm being silly. Sharon and I have fun together, and I'm picking at her. I was flirting with her is what I was. Thank your lucky stars you have a pastor that flirts with his wife and his secretary, who also happens to be his wife, I might add. And I, I was flirting with her, just being silly, and then I stopped. And I said, you know what? And she says, what? I said, in my mind, as I'm being silly with you, in my mind, you're looking at a 30-year-old guy. I said, but you're not, are you? And she said, nope. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about there? You know, in your mind, you think, then you go look in the mirror you like, what, what am I thinking? But it, in other words, it's going by fast. It's going by fast. And I, I don't want me or you to, to come to the end of our life with regrets. Because understand this, with, with Jesus, his number one priority was to be a fisher of men. Now, number two, Jesus' intent is that his priority, priority of fishing for men becomes your priority. And if it's not a priority with you, it's got to be. And the good news is you can change it. Whether you're in your 30s or you're in your 60s or 80s, it doesn't matter. God has allowed you some time to, to fix it. He wants his priority to be your priority. Let me give you this quote by Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you. We must repent of what we have been and rejoice in what we may become. It is not follow me because of what you already are. It is not follow me because you may make something of yourselves, but rather follow me because of what I will make you. And what does he say he will make you? If you are truly following the Lord, if you have a sincere, mature attitude about following the Lord, you're going to want to be a fisher of men. He wants us to have that priority. When you, when you think about him starting his ministry, in Matthew 4, 19, at the beginning of his ministry, what is he emphasizing? Well, to these two men, he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So early on, he starts emphasizing this with people who are following him. And then in the middle of his ministry, it hasn't changed. In John chapter 4, verse number 35, he tells his apostles after witnessing to the woman at the well, he says, there are yet four months and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. What is he emphasizing? Those of you that know your Bible, what is he emphasizing? He's emphasizing soul winning there. The fields are white under the harvest. You, you need to gather the harvest. You need to be fishers of men. He emphasizes that at the beginning of his ministry. He emphasizes that in, in the midst of his ministry. And then comes the end of his earthly ministry. Maybe he's changed by now. Maybe the emphasis has changed. Nope. Matthew 28, 19, in some of his last words to his apostles, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son 
and the Holy Ghost. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. In other words, tell them about me. Let them know they are sinners. Let them know that they are on their way to hell. That's the bad news. But the good news is I love you. You don't have to go there. I died for you. Accept me as your Savior. That's what he's telling us. He's saying, be fishers of men. He wants his priority to be our priority. And he emphasized that at the beginning of his ministry, in the midst of his ministry, and at the end of his ministry. His theme continues on. He he said, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So, if you truly love Jesus... And we know that his priority is being a fisher of men. And if you know that he emphasized in his early ministry that he wants you and I to be fishers of men, we ought to be feeling some guilt right now if we aren't a fisher of men, if we really just don't think about it, or maybe at best just give it a half-hearted effort. No, it needs to be a priority. Now, the good news that we learn from this passage brings us to point number three, which is simply this. If you will submit, he will make you a fisher of men. Because when I tell you that it was his priority and he wants it to be your priority, you might say, well, I want it to be my priority too, but I don't really know how to go about that. Well, let me suggest three things this morning, how he makes you a fisher of men. Number one, he uses it by using a metaphor, fishers of men. That, that gives you some indication as to what it means to be a fisher of men. Fishermen have to work at their trade. They prepare to, to go to fish. They get their bait. They get their nets ready. They sort their catch. They mend and repair their equipment. You know, they, they have to handle the finances of their, their business. They have to work at it. Okay, that tells us we're going to have to work at it. We're going to have to put forth some effort. We, we can't just say, okay, I want to be a fisher of, of men and, and leave it at that. No, just like fishermen have to put forth effort, we have to put forth effort. Just like fishermen have to be patient, we have to be patient. When you go fishing, you have to wait. Uh, A fellow down at our church down in Baton Rouge, Greg McGee, uh, was kind enough uh, to take me down to uh, uh, where Bayou Fouchon, Cajun down there, Bayou Fouchon, uh, emptied into the Gulf of Mexico, and there were some breakers there, and it was kind of a bit of a protected harbor, and we'd go down there, we'd be fishing, fishing, I mean, we'd be there for hours and hours and hours, and in the summer, under that baking hot Louisiana sun, but it'd be worth it, because finally, at some point in time, a school of redfish would come through, and I mean, we had hooks up here and down there, you know, we had two hooks on the same, and we'd be, you know, you, you reel them in, knock them into the bottom of the boat, and throw it right back out there as fast as you can. Didn't have time to put them in the cooler because you don't know, that might just last five minutes. But it takes patience. So we learn from this metaphor concerning uh, being a fisherman that you have to work at it, you have to be patient, you have to be courageous. We're going to be talking about that this afternoon. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. And you know why he said that? Because a lot of people are ashamed. Christians don't like to be rejected. We don't like to be ridiculed. We, we, so we, we will back off. That, that, that's for this evening. But we have to be, you have to be courageous. There were a few times we were down there uh, at, at Bayou Lafouche, and, or Fouchon, 
and uh, the, the way the wind would kick up. And we're just, I don't know, 16-foot bass boat out there. And I'd be telling Greg, you know, I've had enough. I'm good. You know, we can, we can go in now. But, you know, no, no, no. And sure enough, you know, another school would come through and we, we would catch them. But it requires that you be courageous. It requires that you be skilled. You know, so when you get an image of fishing, that helps you to learn what it means to be a fisher of men. And fishermen need faith. I mean, you sit in that boat, and down there, you look out there, and you don't see anything in, in, in the water. But by faith, you're there, and sure enough, you know, in, in due time, the fish will come by, and you will catch them. So when the Lord says, I will make you fishers of men, some in this room might be a bit intimidated by that, not knowing what it means. Well, just think about what it means to fish. And what it means to fish for fish, that's a good image for what it means to fish for men. But the Lord also teaches us by example, the woman at the well. Let me read that little passage. John chapter 4, verse number 5. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink, for his disciples were going away into the city to buy meat. Verse number 9. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Now, we don't have time to go into it, but what do we see there? Jesus tells us to be fishers of men. And he says, that's like fishing, but he also models it for us. He, he gives us this, this example. He says, let me show you how it's done. How kind of him, how, how gracious of him to take the time and have it recorded, have it preserved, to show us how it's done. How a simple encounter with a woman at the well led to her salvation and no doubt the salvation of many others in that town. So, through the use of metaphor, we have an understanding of what it means to be fishers of men. By his example, and then also by his admonition. Matthew 28, verse number 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Again, just an admonition. Go. Do it. Think about it. The Lord says, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. If you're not a fisher of men, chances are you're not following him. Not following him like you should. But this is something you can do. This is something you ought to do. This is something we have to do. In a very practical sense, how do you do this? Let me just throw these out real quick. Number one, pray. You want to be a fisher of men? Pray. Number two, live godly. Live, live godly, okay? You've you got to have some credibility with your testimony, okay? You, you can't be a, an ungodly person and be blessed of the Lord to lead people to him. Number three, serve. 
Find places to serve. And again, one of the things that does, that gives you a burden for other folks. It, it gives you a good testimony with other folks. Number four, share your testimony in the gospel whenever you can. Look for opportunities to share your, your testimony in the gospel with others. Number five, pass out tracts and, and other literature that tell people how to come to know Jesus as their Savior. Invite folks to church. Invite folks to church. Just ask them to come visit with you. And number seven, tithe. Through your tithes and offerings and your grace giving, it goes to number eight, missions. And your, your, your outreach goes beyond Oscoda County or wherever it is you may live. It can go into all the world. So you can be a fisher of men. What does Matthew 4.19 say? And he saith unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Let me share this final little story with you. In an old legend, Gabriel the angel asked Christ about his plans for evangelism. And Jesus said, well, I asked Peter and James, John and Andrew and a few others to make it the business of their lives to tell people, to fish for men. Then those others would tell others, and finally the whole world would hear the story and feel the power of it. And in this legend, Gabriel said, but suppose they don't tell others. What then? Jesus answered quietly, Oh, I have no other plans. I'm counting on them. I, there are no other plans. He's counting on you. He's counting on, on me. And the truth of the matter is we should embrace that. And you can do it. You can be a fisher of men regardless of your personality, regardless of the education you have or don't have, regardless of the income you may have or not have. You can be a fisher of men. And I hope this morning you will accept that and you will be inspired to act on that and look for those opportunities in ways that I just suggested that we might be a church filled with fishermen. Some fishers of fish, but all fishers of men. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mile Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.